Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. I know I'm a little bit late dropping this week's episode. Um, I don't have a really a valid excuse for not a recording yesterday. Um, you know, this is, I celebrated my birthday this weekend. My birthday was Friday and I just, <laughs> you know, time kind of ran out on me to record yesterday and wanted to have plenty of time for people to send in questions, things like that. So we didn't have an episode yesterday, but I'm recording today. Like I said, most most weeks I, I try to faithfully um, drop a weekly episode. Um, we're going to talk a little bit in a few weeks about what the summer is going to look like. I've got some interesting things planned for the summer as far as this podcast is concerned. But um, here I am I'm back back in the saddle here for episode 46. So, And it's a pretty full show today. We've got quite a bit of news to talk about with uh, you know, tech baseball, basketball, football. We get, we're going to do a little bit of sprinkling of softball because that blew up today. And then I've got a few, uh, few thoughts on some other stuff. And then we've got questions and then the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. So let's start with baseball. Baseball um, had a had a good weekend again. They took two out of three um, from Baylor. Sunday continues to be just a major uh, form of kryptonite for this baseball team. Um, you know, Birdsell and Morris are, I mean, they're pitching lights out and they're getting you series wins. And then we just, we just fall flat on our face on Sundays and in the midweeks too. Um, you know, last Tuesday, uh, Tech plays AC, ACU at home, and oh, it was a rough, I mean, it was a brutal game to watch if you're a Tech fan. Um, the, the pitching was brutal. They, uh, second inning, they couldn't get anybody out, and I think ACU at least bat, batted around once, if not more than once, so, uh, <coughs> excuse me, but yeah, that it was just uh, not not a good, not a good, good run of things. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about kind of what what the outlook is for this team um, as as we as we enter into May. Um, by the way, I have a little bit of a mini rant about Bark at the Park because so Tech had Bark at the Park on Tuesday, and there were some radio hosts. I won't name them because they don't promote my podcast. I won't promote them, <laughs> and they really don't like Bark at the Park, and. In fact, they just uh, not a fan of it. Here's here's my attitude about bark at the park. I'm fine with it. Now, I get part of what they were saying about we just take our dogs everywhere nowadays, and it's just it's gotten out of habit, gotten out of hand. And I agree with that. Um, you know, when I'm at the airport, when I'm at the grocery store, I don't want to see your dog <laughs> there. I don't want to see your dog when I go to a nice restaurant, okay? But here's here's what I think is the difference between that and Bark at the Park. Bark at the Park is it's a promotion, and it is it is they make it very clear. Hey, you show up to the park this day. There's going to be dogs. So if you're not a dog person, if you don't want to be around dogs then you've been given ample notice that bark at the park day at the ballpark, probably not the day for you to go to the baseball game. So I'm okay with it. 
I don't think I mean there were some people that were blaming that for tech losing. No. I mean those I mean I wish we could find a basset hound that could pitch because <laughs> there wasn't anybody that could pitch Tuesday night against ACU. But I, you know, I don't have I just don't have an issue with it. It's it's a promotion. Is it a silly promotion? Yeah, probably so. But half the baseball pro- promotions are silly anyway. That's that's just part of the part of the gig with baseball. So I don't have an issue with it. Um but getting back to this tech baseball team and as far as what their outlook is, so they're gonna go to Abilene Tuesday and and play this same ACU team that they lost to at home last Tuesday. You know, I don't expect them to win Tuesday, to be honest with you. With the way that the non-Birdsell Morris pitchers have pitched, I don't think there's really many teams they could beat. You know, so <sighs> surprise me on Tuesday, Tech, because I don't see it right now. Um, you know, they they get they get next weekend off, um, so there won't be any games at all. And then they've got Oklahoma State on the road at Stillwater. That's going to be a rough. That's going to be a rough series, um, even with Birdsell and and Morris on the mound. You know, Oklahoma State I think has clearly shown they're probably the best team in the Big Twelve. And you know, Tech's going to have to Tech's going to have to step up. You know, someone else is going to have to step up besides Birdsell and Morris. And let's let's make some plays. So. Because I think the other big problem with this baseball team is hitting. And you've got your bottom of the order is just not hitting where it needs to be. And especially when you have uh, scores, uh, runners on scoring position, more times than not, this tech team does not come through and, and hit them in. And, you know, I, the, the stranded on base – for example, today, they stranded 12 on base. You're not going to win many games if you're stranding 12 uh, runners on base. You know, that's just, that's just fact. And so, you know, that's that's got to be fixed too. And, you know, some of your bottom of the order, order batters have got to step up. And so, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, I think there's certainly a very uh, – I'm not going to say strong chance – I think there's a chance this team will not make the tournament, especially if they go on a swoon and you know they lose Tuesday, they lose the series against Oklahoma State, um, you know, and then it comes down to beating Oklahoma at home. I think I think they probably win that series because it's at home, but you know the resume for Tech. If you look at the RPI, I think the RBI, RPI is in the 40s right now. It's not a strong resume for Tech, and so. You've got to you've got to win some win some games uh, down the stretch here in May, and you just can't rely on Birdsell and Morris because even your best pitchers and Birdsell and Morris they are you know they are two of the top pitchers I think in college baseball this year. They're going to have off games. They're going to have an off game, and you know at that point then you're in a hole and so you just can't keep you can't make the assumption and keep relying on those two just to pitch lights out every weekend you've got to have other players step up whether it be the bullpen or whether it be your Sunday starter whoever it's going to be and I think that's going to continue to be a fluid situation uh, as far as who the Sunday starter is going to be so 
be interested to see what happens. I think reg- hosting a regional is completely off the table at this point. Now you're now you're just trying to get in. I've seen projections where they might go to Corvallis and uh, have to be in the Oregon State Regional. I've also seen where they might have to go to Eugene and be in the Oregon Regional. Who knows? I mean, and the unfortunate fact is a regional is not built for Tech to do to do well this year because you still, again, Birdsell and Morris can pitch lights out. You got to win at least three games in a regional, if not more. Um, you know, Birdsell and Morris can get you to 2-0, and but then you got to find that ne- that next win. And I think there's certainly a scenario where Tech can get themselves to 2-0 and um, and then they just fall apart in three games. Um, you know, and again, the other problem is going to be you're, you're pitching on the road. Tech is not as, as strong as, of a team on the road than they are at home. And so, you know, bottom line, you've got to have – you have to have more people step up. Um, you've got to – this bullpen's got to step up. You got to have another starter step up and just give you, you know, I, I'm not asking for what Birdsell Morris are, and Birdsell and Morris are doing, but give give this team three, four quality innings pitched where you're not digging a hole and then we just can't get out of the hole because that's what Sundays have looked like since March with this team, and so we'll we'll see what happens. Um, do I view this as a coaching failure? Because I know some there's some people calling for like the pitching coach's head. No, um, I think this is I think this has been a season where Tech losing uh, you know double digits worth of players every year to the MLB draft has has caught up to them, and you're just not as deep as you've been in the past. And and I think you've just had some. Players just simply, they just haven't stepped up the way that uh, I'm sure probably Tim Tadlock thought they would. So, you know, I've seen some people griping about, well, you're not going to host a regional. Well, this is just terrible. Um, I would remind them, and we're, we're, I know it's been 10 years. So we're going to go back to the way back time machine 10 years ago, 2012, to the Dan Spencer era. And in the Dan Spencer era of Texas Tech baseball, you were struggling even to qualify for the Big 12 tournament, let alone the NCAA tournament. So, you know, this season, and this, I think this season might be, you know, certainly it's going to be probably one of the weakest of the Tadlock era, yet you're still probably going to be in a good position to get to the NCAA tournament. We can't gripe about that. I mean, you know... It, we don't sleep in silk pajamas here, Tech fans. You know, it's you know, it's probably the same fans that were griping about. Well, Texas Tech basketball only got to the Sweet Sixteen again. Go back in the way back time machine to ten years ago when we had the Billy Gillespie experiment that failed, and Texas Tech basketball was struggling even to win a double digit uh, wins. They were struggling even to get win ten games in the year. So, you know, enjoy this. Yeah, it's frustrating. I, I, you know, I like tech baseball to be good and go to Omaha, but it's hard to do that every year. And when you have consistently at your baseball program losing 
13, 14, 15 players a year to the draft. Plus, you got to even factor in the transfer portal, which Tech lost players to that too. You know, there are going to be years where players that you thought would step up aren't going to step up. And I think that's where we're at right now with baseball. So, you know, be fun to watch, I think, nonetheless. So let's switch gears to Tech basketball. Tech basketball had a really good week um, as far as picking up some commitments. It started Thursday with a commitment from a player out of Oregon. He also played um, at Oklahoma a couple of uh, couple of years ago, and that was a sorry. I'm look. Uh, his name is Davion Harmon. He is coming to Texas Tech. And then Friday, you had the commitment from Fardaz Amak. I'm, I hope I'm, I'm probably not pronouncing it wrong, right, and I'm sorry, Fardaz Amak, uh, Amik, Amik, I apologize. Um, I'm going to learn how to pronounce it before the season starts, but that's a huge commitment. And so I, th- I think we, uh, I think Tech Basketball had a good week, a um, little bit of and I mean, I wouldn't even call it sad news because I think it's more expected news. Um, you know, the TJ Shannon potential coming back, uh, the door shuts on that. He's going to go to Illinois. Um, it did produce a fun little juicy Twitter beef. Um, you had this idiot Hunter Dickinson, and I'm going to go ahead and give you his Twitter handle so all of the audience of the Chris Carpenter show can just. All right, we're back. We're, I'm sorry. I don't know if, if uh, I got dropped because I was about to give the Twitter handle of this bozo Hunter Dickinson, which I'm going to give it to you here in just a minute again, but I got dropped somehow. So I got censored Elon Musk. Do you need to buy anchor? I don't know. So um, here is the Twitter handle for bozo Hunter Dickinson of Michigan. It is at H Dickinson 24. There's an underscore between the H and the D make sure tech fans and listeners to the Chris Carpenter show roast the heck out of this bozo because he's blaming Mark Adams for Shannon not coming to Michigan. Uh, idiot is all I could say about it. Um, I hope Kirby Hokut, you know, I know you've had a busy day today and we're going to get to that later. But, and I, I know you, you might be a faithful listener of the Chris Carpenter show. But I think every single athletic program at. Texas Tech needs to schedule Michigan. We can get them the butt beating that Texas Tech always gives to them and send them scurrying back to Ann Arbor, and maybe that'll shut up Hunter Dickinson or at H underscore Dickinson 24. So give him a good hard time, Tech fans. Um, here's here's the reality of the matter. Here's, here's the situation. So Shannon enters the transfer portal, but he wants to he wants to uh, take summer classes at Texas Tech. And he wants the Texas Tech basketball program to pay for that via a scholarship. Um, here's here's the problem with that. He's not going he's not coming back to the team. And so if we use a scholarship for Shannon to take his summer classes at Tech we will now not be able to recruit an additional player for that scholarship, okay? Now, before anybody says, well, that's not fair, it's expensive tuition. Yeah, it is expensive tuition, you know, and that's a whole other story. But 
you know, Shannon has been one of the leading money makers of the NIL deals here at Texas Tech this year. Uh, he's been, he's a paid spokesman for Table 82, which if you know anything about Lubbock, that's, you know, a place owned by Mark McDougal, probably one of the richest people in Lubbock. And from everything I've read, Shannon made over $100,000 this year in NIL deals. Bottom line, he could pay, he could afford to pay out of his pocket for summer school at Tech. Okay. That's, that's, you know, that's one, one issue. So Adams is in the right here. Every other college basketball coach would have done the same thing. The problem, and this is the problem Michigan has. Michigan, like, fancies itself as, like, the Yale of, of Detroit, I guess, of Yale of Ann Arbor. And they weren't going to accept all of the credits that Shannon's worked for in, in at Texas Tech. So I get why he didn't go. And this is, this is a Michigan problem. That's why you don't see a lot of transfers clamoring to go to Michigan. Because it's very difficult to get your credits accepted to the University of Michigan because they have a very puffed up view of themselves. They're they're the UT of the Big Ten. Okay. So just and it makes sense because Detroit, you know, they got high crime like Austin. But, you know, that's on you. And it's really it's really rich that that a Michigan player again at H underscore Dickinson 24, Hunter Dickinson. Um, it's really rich that he's lecturing a coach on class because his coach hit another coach in a game this year. Just it's it's hilarious. So we gotta get Michigan on the schedule. Here's my dilemma. If if Michigan and UT play this year, who do I root for? I don't know. That, that's going to be an interesting question because H underscore Dickinson 24 has poisoned the water well of Chris Carpenter towards the Wolverines because of his mouth. And so H underscore Dickinson 24, you know, I hope, I hope Tech gets to play you this year because we got a butt kicking reserved for the maize and blue of Michigan. So, um, the other big news, so I'm going to get off that rant on, on H underscore Dickinson 24. And I'm going to talk a little bit about McCuller because the other big news that dropped is McCuller has also entered the transfer portal. You know, I think it's just another sign. He probably is not coming back. I've heard, you know, there's, there's rumors that he may go to Illinois, Join with Shannon. Someone tweeted out today that he's going to Kansas. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, you know, that one, I, I'd love for McCuller to come back. I love the way McCuller plays. His defense is just so fun to watch. I don't have any ill will if he chooses to leave. This is just, I mean, this is college basketball in 2022. College sports as a whole in 2022. is You know, the transfer portal is in play. And I get it. I'd be disappointed. I think it's it's a huge loss for Tech, but I also know that uh, that Texas Tech is not done yet when it comes to um, players coming out of the transfer portal and coming to Tech. I'm also excited about the players that are coming in that are going to be freshmen, and you know Jalen Tyson coming in. You know he's, um, you know I guess I, he'll be considered a freshman, uh, but he's been able to practice with the team all year, and I think I you know there's there's still a lot of good special components of this team, you know, um, that are 
that are going to be in play. So it's it's a, it's a, it's been a, it's been mostly a good week for tech basketball. It's it's more of a well, you know, we'll see what happens with McCuller and I wish Shannon the best. Um, you know, like I said, I I never got the Shannon hate from fans and I do wish him the best and I get and I get why he chose to move on. So you know, I'll be rooting for the Illini, and I hope I hope TJ Shannon, when he plays Michigan, that he just drops like thirty points on them, and I hope he posterizes Hunter Dickinson. You know, that's what I'm hoping for. So, that's kind of the big news with Tech basketball this week. Let's talk um, a little bit about the Tech football. There's uh, just a couple of nuggets that I want to get to with tech football, and that is uh, so got some good commitments. In fact, as I'm recording, I got a, just got a Twitter notification that they got a commitment from a transfer uh, from Washington State defensive end. You know, Joey McGuire continuing to do work. Um, he got two commits from El Paso area. He got one from a wide receiver out of uh, the Parkland High School, and then on Friday got a commitment from running back. From Kenya Teal. And those of you in the media, it is pronounced Kenya Teal. You can also pronounce it if you're a Stella Casas as Cantuillo. It is not Canutillo. It's not Cantuio. It's either Cantuillo or Kenya Teal. Okay? Just, just helping you all out because they butcher that all the time. So I think it's exciting. Um, you know, I've talked a lot about on this podcast about Joey McGuire making sure nail down that West Texas. I think El Paso should be part of that. Um, are you going to have as many three, four store, four star quality high school football players that can make that transition to the Big Twelve as you as you will in Amarillo, Permian Basin, Lubbock? No, but I think the the quality Division One high school football players in El Paso should come to Tech over some of the other places. Personally, here I'll get on another fun soapbox here. I'd ask UTEP, what does University of Texas do for you? Come join the Texas Tech system because Texas Tech's done more for El Paso than University of Texas ever will. Just saying. And here's what, here's what I think would be cool. UTEP comes join the Texas Tech system they drop the UTEP name, and they go back to the Texas Western name. I like that, but I don't know if that would ever happen. But, you know, again, bottom line, I think it's really good that Joey McGuire was able to get those two commits. And it leads me to my next point. Um, on Thursday, Friday, it might have been part of Wednesday as well, um, you had a lot of activity on Twitter from the tech football coaches talking about this idea of West Texas takeover and they went all over West Texas and they were at uh, all the high schools around here. They went down to El Paso. Um, unfortunately, one of them went to Franklin high school. I don't know about that, but I mean, if he wants to go to the good West side high school, that's Coronado, not Franklin guys. But anyway, um, again, I like that because to me, it, it, it's been disheartening when you see these great players from Amarillo, from Lubbock, you know, El Paso's had a few, and that they go to TCU or SMU, they're not coming to Texas Tech. And to me, there's no excuse to, to lose out on those players. Um, you know, Texas Tech is the West Texas University, and the best of the best from Amarillo, the Permian Basin, certainly Lubbock, El Paso, 
they all should converge to Texas Tech. They shouldn't be going anywhere else. And I think Joey McGuire in his first offseason here has done a great job of of doing that. And I'm excited to see that bear fruit on the field, which I think it will. I don't know if it will this year, but I think certainly you're going to see that bear fruit on the field. So um, that's that's all the big tech news this week. Well, actually, one more. And I'm just going to talk a little bit about this. Uh, softball is a dumpster fire <laughs> again. Um, they They announced today that the entire – softball coaching staff has basically been fired uh the season is not over for softball yet i know tech is like 22 and 23 so there 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 wasn't really a chance of them going to the postseason i don't think but they are um they're done and from what i can glean this is another issue of abuse of of the athletes mistreatment of the athletes um, it's not good, and you know this is now the second straight softball coach that's being dismissed over player mistreatment allegations. Now, do are, are do I think players as a whole, well, as a generation as a whole, are we weaker? Yeah, absolutely, we're wimpier. I see that in the classroom all the time, but there's a difference in that versus there's pure player mistreatment. And I think certainly from what I've been able to glean that that was going on. Here's my little mini rant about softball. And here's where I think Kirby Hocutt, to me, it's one of the top mistakes. You know, throw out football. Throw out the football situation because did he make some bad hires? Yeah. But for all, everything I've seen, Cliff Kingsbury, Matt Wells, they ran a clean program. They treated their players well. They seemed to be good honest people and their staff seem to be good honest people and so did they not win enough yeah there's a difference in that versus hiring people and we had this within women's basketball with Marlene Stallings and now with softball two times in a row uh, where you had players being mistreated you had abuse going on to me, this is the biggest stain on Kirby Hocutt as an athletic director not this situation personally but just um, the hiring decisions in the women's programs. Um, basketball with Marlene Stallings and then certainly softball. And softball, to me, the biggest mistake Hocutt ever made was running off Shannon Hayes. And I don't want to get into the specifics of what happened with him. He never should have been fired. Um, it was a politically correct ridiculousness thing that resulted in him being run off. And I think you've continued to see the the results of that you know Shannon Hayes winning is uh winning is softball coach at Texas Tech won a national championship at LCU and yet you run him off and he's successful where he's at now so I love Kirby I think he's been a great athletic director I still want him to be big 12 commissioner but he's fallen flat on his face with the women's programs a couple of times um he's been lucky soccer you know you had Tom Stone and he's just been been awesome since he's been here um he i think kirby did make a good hire with uh, tony graystone and you know volleyball has has i think been on the rise but you know softball and then uh, with the lady raiders that situation although again i think krista gerlich good hire so maybe that's been fixed you know it's a stain it's a stain on his record and it's just a shame um 
you know, there's there's great softball going on all over this area. You know, like I said, LCU, their first year of existence, they won the national championship, and they they've continued to be a strong softball program. You have strong high school softball programs around here. Um, you know, Tech needs to get it right, and heck, give Shannon Hayes a call. <laughs> get on your knees and ask ask for forgiveness for the way he treated him. Now, do I think he'd come back? No. But, you know, make it right. That's that's all I got to say about that. So we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, I've got a few viewer questions. And welcome back to the Chris Carpenter Show. Uh, it's now time for listener questions. And again, the best way that you can send me listener questions is through the following the official Twitter of the Chris Carpenter Show, which is at the C Carp Show. Um, I'm continuing to have grow in my following. So tell your friends about the Twitter. I've got like 200 followers. Let's let's make it 250 by the end of next week. So that's up to y'all. So come follow me on that official Twitter page. You can DM me or I usually tweet. I tweeted yesterday afternoon. Um, when I knew I wasn't going to record yesterday, I was going to record today. I uh, usually tweet, send me your questions, and then you could send me questions that way. So we don't have that many questions today, um, but got a good, some really good ones that I'm going to get to. So let's get started. And Steve from Lubbock is asking, "What is what is your updated projected starting lineup for Tech?" And so that really good question. This is this is factoring in. Um, this is factoring in the transfer situation and, and certainly O'Banner coming back. So I think starting point guard is still going to be Pop Isaacs. I think the uh, Davion Harmon was brought in more to be a backup point guard for Pop Isaacs. I think, you know, I'm in, and I'm excited to have a true point guard. We didn't have one last year. Um, you know, McCuller, I think, did his best as a point guard. But again, um, I think he's he's better suited as a shooting guard. And I hope I hope we get to see that with him this year, but um, certainly I think Pop Isaacs is going to be your starting point guard. I think you'll I'll definitely see Kevin O'Banner um, in the starting lineup again this year, and I think uh, certainly the the guy from from Utah Valley State again. I'm going to learn his name before the season. Fardaz Amik. I think he will be a starter. I think uh, Washington, as a freshman, will probably be a starter. And then I think uh, Jalen Tyson will start as well. And, you know, this is this is as of May 1st, 2022. I think certainly Tech is not done um, with the start with the transfer portal. Um, I've heard rumblings. They may be looking at Sule Boom out of UTEP. Very talented scorer. Um, you know, he doesn't have the size that Bryson Williams did. You know, but I, you know, I think he would be an incredibly uh, great addition to the basketball program next year. And I think certainly if they get him, he would move into the starting lineup as well. So that's kind of my starting lineup here on May 1st, uh, 2022. This may be a weekly question. And, and Steve from Lubbock, I do invite you to ask, you know, as as the transfer portal continues to take shape and, and more of this team continues to take shape, um, I do invite you to uh, ask that question again because I think it's going to be a continue uh, change a changing of question on that one. So 
Um, our next question is Fred, and he is from Goliad. And Fred from Goliad uh, wants to know my thoughts on the NFL draft this year. So I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I am not someone that gets really hyped up for the NFL draft. Um, you know, it's you're sitting there, they're picking names, and the people talk about the names. And they do this for three days. I got to applaud the NFL, though, because they've they've taken this mundane draft and they've turned this into a three-day extravaganza that cities are bidding on like it's the Super Bowl. So kudos to them for that. Um, having said that, I didn't watch a whole lot of the NFL draft. Um, my thoughts are the Cowboys did what the Cowboys do best and they just – were stupid. I mean, their number one draft pick is this guy from University of Tulsa that was the most penalized player in college football last year. I will say this: he's going to the right team. He's going to the Cowboys, and he'll probably he's going to be the new Flozell Adams, I guess. So, not impressed by that. I, you know, I have not really even looked at. I know the Chiefs picked up picked up a couple wide receivers and some other players. I don't know, uh, you know, anything about them. Um, you know, I know Pittsburgh picked up Kenny Pickett. I think that was a good pick on their part. And, um, you know, they needed a quarterback. And, you know, beyond that, uh, as a comma going to the Dolphins. So when it happened, I was a little bit like, oh, I don't know if that's good because the Dolphins do not have a very good track record with Texas Tech wide receivers. Um, you know, Wes Welker, they <laughs> – um, they let him go and, you know, he was able to go flourish at new England. You know, I, I don't think they ever fully utilized Jakeem Grant the best way possible. Part of it is the dolphins. Um, they have bad ownership. Their, their owner's an idiot, doesn't know what he's doing. And it shows, um, here's why my tune has changed a little bit with, um, as going to Miami, his wide receiver coach is going to be Wes Welker. So I think there could be some potential of that being fun, good. Maybe Ezekama has some good seasons, a couple good seasons at Miami, and then he's able to parlay that into getting with a more uh, functional franchise like New England or you know Baltimore or Kansas City. That'd be fun. Um, Dawson Deaton, he ends up going to Cleveland. Uh, you know, again, dysfunctional franchise. You know, Deshaun Watson's going to play there, but, you know, I think he ends up – I don't know what that, – that whole situation is just bizarre to me. Um, how he's not been suspended, what's going to happen there, who knows. Um, so, the, you know, not the best situation, I, I think, for him to end up at. But, again, you know, he gets drafted, gets himself a contract, gets paid. And, you know, if you're a quality offensive lineman, you, you're set. I mean – you're, you're going to get some good money for a very long time. I'm really excited that the Cowboys were able to sign uh, Jonathan Garibay. Um, that's exciting, and that was a really good pickup on their part um, by the Cowboys to get him uh, signed and into the training camp. I've not heard of any other tech players. I know there's been a, maybe a couple more. I'm not entirely sure who, but um, that, that got themselves uh, free agent signings. But I'm sure you'll see some more. Um, I'm interested. I'm still intrigued to see Santos Silva if someone signs him. Um, he, you know, he came out. I think it was Monday or Tuesday last week. You know, this is Santos Silva, the basketball player. Um, he's the one that my mom always points out. He's played 
with his mouthpiece. Uh, but he's <laughs> he's going to uh, he's he's going to try and make it uh, with the NFL, possibly as a tight end. I think that I think he'd be a good quality pickup for some NFL team. Um, you know, I, I like those converted basketball players to tight ends. It's worked out well for some teams. You know, Antonio Gates with the, with the Chargers. You know, so. I'm interested to see if someone picks up Santos Silva. I certainly would if I was an NFL general manager. I would I would give him a contract and see what he you know you know have him have him go through training camp because you know I think he phys, you know he physically I think can do it and you know you get get yourself a good physically imposing tight end you know I think be, be potentially be a very good good opportunity. So I'm intrigued to see if he's able to get himself on an NFL team for training camp so we'll see what happens good question from fred let's uh we've got harrison harrison from idaloo he's asking what are my thoughts so far on the nba playoffs um so again i'm gonna be honest with you nba is i have i'm not on my radar i'm kind of half paying attention to it so i mean i know the mavs advanced and they're gonna play the suns now and devin booker's out for the suns but the Suns are probably still a favorite. Um, you know, I'd like the I like the Grizzlies because they got Jarrett Culver, and I know they've kind of been in a back and forth series with the T Wolves. I don't know if that is that still going on or if the, the Grizzlies advanced. Um, you know, Golden State. I guess on in the West, I think Golden State should probably be the prohibitive favorite right now. Um, you've basically got the entire band back together, minus Durant, and honestly, that to me that might be addition by subtraction. Uh, but you got Steph Curry, you got Clay Thompson, you got Draymond Green. Uh, certainly, I think they probably should be the prohibitive favorites to win the win the West. Um, on the other side of things, I know the Nets are out, and they were supposed to be good. So you've got Celtics, Bucks. I think they are playing today. Should be fun series. I don't know. Is it the Heat? I think the Heat are still in. And the Sixers? I don't know about the East. I think the East could be, you know, I think really any of those four could could probably get themselves into a position to uh, win. But again, I'm just not paying attention. I don't care. The NBA, the NBA told me t- two years ago they didn't want my support based on all of their social justice stuff. And so that's fine. And actually, I was already on my way out not liking them anyway because nobody plays defense in the NBA. You have these assembled super teams. So it's basically maybe two or three teams get a shot at winning it. And it's just boring. It's a boring product. So I'm not watching it. And it's two months worth of playoffs. Two months. You don't need two months to decide a basketball champion. They they need to go back. Here's what they need to go back to. If... Chris Carpenter was the commissioner of the NBA. Number one, we wouldn't be co-toned to China. That's number one. Number two, um, the playoff format would be this way. It would be best two out of three in the first round, best three out of five in the next round, and then it'd be best of seven in the conference finals and the NBA finals. And that would clear up a lot of this two-month shenanigans of NBA. And then we wouldn't have these long layoffs for TV either. So you play every other day, okay? That's how it would work. But, yeah, that's I guess that's my thoughts on the NBA. Um, 
I do like the NBA lottery, the way they do that, so I might watch that. Although, I mean, who's going to be – I guess Chet Holmgren's going to be number one pick this year. I don't know. But that's my thoughts on the NBA. So, um, good questions this week. Again, if you want to ask a listener question of the Chris Carpenter Show – all you need to do is follow the official Twitter of the Chris Carpenter Show, which is at the C Carp Show, and you can DM me there, or you can reply to the tweet I send out about questions. All right, we're gonna go ahead and take a break, and we will be back with the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. And welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. It is now time for the Chris Carpenter. Tip of the week. And my tip of the week goes out to all students and teachers. This is the beginning of the STAR testing week. It's going to start start uh, this week. It actually starts Tuesday with Algebra 1 and then Thursday, Friday. Friday's the big test for me as a social studies teacher. Um, you know, I don't want to get into the debates on should we have a STAR test? Should we get rid of it? Blah, blah, blah. You know, I'll let other people get into that debate. Um, but I just want to say a couple of things about it. Um, to students, this one test doesn't define whether you're quote-unquote smart or not. Um, to teachers, this one test does not define whether you are an effective teacher. Um, it is what it is. We've all been working hard this, this year. And, you know, teachers work their butts off to prepare kids uh, for these tests and don't let this define you. Even if someone tells tells you that, oh, you know, this defines your bad, tune that out. So good luck this week to everybody testing and everything, and I will see you next Saturday for The Chris Carpenter Show. Okay, Chris Carpenter back. Uh, I know I just did the tip of the week, but late breaking news. This tweet just broke, and I ha- I have to give my opinion and thoughts on this because it's big-time news for Tech basketball. Um, so McCuller is not coming back. He tweeted that out. And if he comes back to college, it's either Gonzaga or Kansas. Uh, yeah, this is not good. This is disappointing. I mean, like I said, I really wanted McCuller to come back. Um, if I have my druthers. Number one, let's look at Bright Spot. He's not going to Texas. That's good. I don't want him to go to Kansas. I really don't want him to go to Kansas. So Gonzaga, Mark Few, put down the beer and recruit the heck out of McCuller. Uh, We don't want him to go to Kansas. But in all seriousness, you know, I'm disappointed he's not coming back. But, you know, McCuller gave – Texas Tech fans, a great three years here. Actually, he was he was he, he was on the team for the Final Four, uh, the national championship game run. Um, he you know he was injured, but he was there. So um, it's disappointing. It's sad, but again, it's the nature of college basketball. Um, now, if he goes to Kansas, will I be disappointed? Will I hate McCall? I won't hate McCuller, and but I if I'm at the game, I will probably boo him because that's what we do. Um, but I really hope he goes to Gonzaga (laughs) and we don't have to, if we see him, it would be like in the NCAA tournament. So anyway, I had to come on late breaking news and tell you that again, you know, tech is not done with the transfer portal. And I, you know, I, I have a lot of faith that Mark Adams will be able to, um, 
bring in some uh, quality talent. So anyway, see you next week for the Chris Carpenter Show.